We are live. Welcome back. Ladies and gentlemen, I am your host, Blake Rafino. This is Are You Serious Sports? We hope that you guys are making it a good one. We know that we are as well. Huge show in store for you tonight, although we do have some bad news as um, our good buddy Matt Trent will not be able to join us here tonight. So we he had to go to the Kim Mulkey radio show, so we'll reschedule for him. Uh, really bad day for both of our guests having to reschedule. It's okay. We'll make it through there. It's at, you know We'll act like we've been here before in doing this. Last night, we talked a lot about Mike Denbrock, especially with his name maybe being in the mix for Notre Dame and that head co- or that offensive coordinator opening. Byron Leftwich looking like he might not be in contention at Notre Dame, so we'll keep our eyes on, on that. But since we talked a lot last night about the offensive side of the football, we will flip it and talk about the defensive side of the football here tonight. Let me ask you guys a question. Do you believe that LSU could have a Georgia-like type of defense next season? I think the stats will ultimately make you look at it like, hey, man, if LSU can fix these two very interesting stats, get better on these situations – LSU defensively could be a very big problem for not just the SEC, but all of college football next season. We'll dive into the defense here tonight. Uh, I was going to do a Rafino's rants. Things kind of got a little mixed up on a certain situation, but I do have some other things that we do need to talk about here tonight that we can definitely get on that. Can the SEC shatter a record? So the, Baseball's preseason uh, predictions have come out. They have eight SEC teams hosting regionals this upcoming season, possibly 10. If that happens, my God, what is, is this going to be the best SEC that we've ever seen in college baseball? We'll talk about that here tonight. One basketball win. That's all that we want. The game, what guys, the game's on at eight tonight, right? I think we play Mississippi State. The game's on at 8. So we'll talk a little basketball. We'll do a little pregame as LSU faces the Bulldogs uh, at 8 o'clock. And as we do every Tuesday and Thursday, hashtag AskBlake. Fire inside your questions, your thoughts, your concerns, and we will try to get to as many of them as we can as the show goes on. Penn Jones says yes, but with better DBs than Georgia had this year. Well, well, where you may have better DBs. Oh, that is tomorrow. Okay. We'll still pregame it. I thought it was Wednesday for whatever reason. Uh, We'll still pregame it. Um, Where LSU may have better DBs, I think Georgia had some areas better on the defensive line. But when you say that and you look at it statistically, maybe not so fast, my friend, as Lee Corso uh, would say. Brandon Reese says, it's possible just needs to load up at linebacker. I don't necessarily disagree with that. Doug knows who who ripped me alive for not going to Carter Bryant's wedding. Says, LSU going to have a better defense than Georgia next season? Okay. Can they have a Georgia-like defense from this past season would be my question. Tyler Townsend says, what's up? Let's go. What's happening with you, Tyler? 
Chance Babin says, hashtag ask Blake, what's the harder transition, football to basketball or basketball to baseball? Absolutely football to basketball because when it when well, maybe not harder. Um the basketball to baseball transition isn't necessarily difficult because it's mainly it starts during the same time and teams are still playing. So you're it's not really a transition. And I never really have an issue with covering baseball. I mean, look, if you've never listened to the show, I, I will just tell you this. Like, my grandfather coached for 20 years, coached baseball for 20 years at a very high level. My uncle has coached baseball for damn near close to, I think I think he might even go on to, you know, closer to 40 years. Multiple members of my family are, are head coaches uh, in, in baseball. So baseball was really and truthfully my first love. Like tonight, I, I, you know, and look, we got the State of the Union and all that kind of stuff. I'm definitely going to watch because, I, I mean, look, it's our country and I love our country. I don't want to – don't get political on me. Don't get political. Don't get political on me. I just love our country. That's the reason I watch it. The, I, I, will just say, I will just say this. Like if, if, if it wasn't on tonight, I, I may – guys, are y'all big MLB The Show fans? Do y'all play MLB The Show? Well, well, Zach's like, no, Mr. Blake, what's MLB The Show? I'm too young. Who? MLB The Show is the best baseball game of all time. Best baseball game of all time. Uh, did y'all see, though? I, I shared this today. They're going to, in MLB The Show, they're doing the Negro League. Um, the Negro League, like, all the uh, Hall of Famers and stuff like that. Like, that's pretty interesting, man. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. I didn't, I didn't know that they were doing that. They announced that. I think that that's really cool that they're doing that. Uh, not since they made it rocket science to hit. I'm assuming that's Pooh Bear because Zach, oh, I don't know. Mr. Blank, I've never had a baseball in my life. Yeah. <laughs> Zach, you know I'm just playing with you, correct? Of course. It doesn't matter what you think. I really am just joking with you. I'm sorry. Please don't cut the okay. show off. I forgive you. Okay, thank you. Hey, I've played a movie of the show. It's not my favorite, though. It's a nice hat. I like that hat you got on there. Appreciate it. And I see you take the Kayshawn Booty jersey down. Good for you. Well, you know, it's baseball season. Did you throw it in the trash? I didn't throw it in the trash. <laughs> you said that you were throwing it in the trash. You got so angry. Oh, I'm throwing it away. It, it had its ear. <laughs> you were mad, huh? You were really upset. No comment. Uh, best jersey that LSU wears: gold, purple, white, gray. Go. I mean, my oh, my bad, my bad, my, my bad. My favorite's the pinstripes, but last year they were Ooh. they were really good in the gold. Oh, they were gold, really good oh, in the gold dude, last year. Gold is the best. Gold I is the, the gold. Yeah, but gold I, I really the like the pinstripes too. I like. I got the gold in the back, but I might have to give me a pinstripe. Pooh Bear says you sold it at a toy train show. Is this true? It might be. <laughs> <laughs> Pooh Bear, I'm bringing you up. Can I make a joke? It, can I make a joke without nobody freaking out? Oh, they're going to always freak out. Well, go ahead. Um, I don't think we should be using the word trains and LSU in the same sentence for a while. <laughs> 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 G 
Give me to a break. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> too soon. Too soon. Is it too soon, guys? Too soon. I mean, it didn't happen. That's the thing. It didn't happen. I can't help. I couldn't. Help. I couldn't help it, Pooh. I'm sorry. I just. <laughs> All right, let's get this thing started. Let's get this thing started. Everybody do us a favor by hitting like and share. Share to all of those Facebook groups. So many of you are listening to us live right now on Facebook. Do us a favor by hitting the like and share. Share to all of those social media groups and your social media pages. If you're listening to us on YouTube, we're still doing the $200 giveaway, man. Go to AYS on YouTube. Subscribe, notification bell. And also, the Rafino and Joe show, as we're going to be doing the $200 giveaway, really just promoting it all this month. Do that for us, please. If you're listening to us on XM Radio, shout out to our good friends over at XM and our good friends over at the TuneIn app and wherever you listen to podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe. Give me to a break because I'm about to start laughing. We'll see you on a minute. LSU's defense going to be a lot like Georgia. We do a blind resume when we return. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events, with the first-to-market odds in lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live in-game betting props and futures. Head on over to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline.ag, BetOnline.ag. With over 65 years of experience, nobody is better equipped to service in your vehicle than GM Vardo and Sons. RV repair, big rig overhauls, motor chassis, routine maintenance, tire rotations, tire sales. No job is too big or too small over at GM. If you break down the side of the road in the greater Baton Rouge area, they will come and get you. And the best thing about that is that they can come and get you. And then they can bring your vehicle back to their shop and start the repairs right then. Again, GM Varno and Sons, go see them over at 2500 Fuller Boulevard. Give them a call at 225-664-9992. 225-664-9992. Tell me, good friend, Blake Rafino, sit you on by. All right, let's get this thing started, man. Let's get this thing started, man. <sighs> Messed that one up. Andrew Paulson Martin says, late, but we can use LSU and train in the same sentence as long as it's about what we ran on Purdue. Okay. I like that. Brandon Reese says, I think the D-line and secondary can be just as good, if not better, than Georgia's last year. We're about to get into that. Uh, Adam B says, little engine that could. <laughs> I should have never made that joke. Uh, Blaine Smith said, heard Ojolari soaring up draft boards. Well, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, soaring up. Blaine, Blaine, I love you to death. If he's soaring up draft boards, that means he's going to be a top 15 and top 10 pick because he's already expected to be a late first round pick. 
is is he really? You know, is he really? We'll, we'll have to wait and see. Okay. If you missed it earlier in the show, I mentioned last night with Mike Denbrock being potentially somebody that Notre Dame could possibly target as their next OC. I don't think it's happening. Nevertheless, we talked about a lot of LSU offense from a season ago last night. Today, I want to talk about the defense and where I think LSU can go here. Now, Zach, I'm going to let's do this blind resume. Okay. I kind of gave the answers already to the test. But let's pull up this blind resume just right quickly. So if you look at this blind resume, and I'm sorry for everybody listening to us on radio or podcast, on the left side of this graph, one team last season had eight interceptions, 11 force, uh, fumble recoveries, nine total takeaways, 27 sacks. The team on the right had 12 interceptions, seven fumble recoveries, same 19 total, total takeaways, and 32 sacks. I guess my question would be, Pooh Bear, Zach, I'm going to bring you up one at a time. Well, actually, Pooh Bear hasn't seen this. Pooh, who do you think, who do you think, what do you think these teams are? Which team do you think it is when you see this blind resume off the top of your head? I think uh, LSU is on the left, Georgia on the right. All right. That's one for Pooh Bear making the vote. Zach? I made the graphics, so I know the answer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So he's not going to get a vote. Pooh Bear is correct. The team on the left is LSU. The team on the right is the University of Georgia. It's interesting when you start looking at LSU's defense from a season ago. Why did LSU have some issues last season? Well, when you look at LSU, they were 41st in total defense, climbing up 65 spots, 34th in points per game, only giving up 22. They were uh, they had 930 total plays last season, only giving up 4,900 total yards in 14 games, which isn't bad. 354 yards per game. A lot of the statistical things that LSU did a season ago, when you see a graphic like this and you look at LSU and you look at Georgia and you see how capable LSU's defense was a season ago under guys like Harold Perkins, when you see that LSU is damn near close to having the same amount of sacks that Georgia did, they had the same amount of takeaways, they did a lot of the same good stuff, they, they were damn near close in uh, 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 yards or tackles in the run game at the line of scrimmage. LSU's defense did a lot of good things last year. Here's the biggest difference. Why was LSU's defense a total of 41st and Georgia was in the top five? Because LSU, and if they can fix this one thing, now it's a big thing to fix, and I talk about this all the time on the show. Religiously, I talk about this on the show. The biggest defensive statistic that I look at, no matter what you're doing, is third down efficiency. LSU was 73rd in the country on defense when it comes to third down conversion rate. Out of 200 attempts, they were 78th. You know, and then when you start looking at the teams and the games that they played a season ago, when they gave up the most points or they lost the games. When you gave up 35 points to Florida, Florida was 7-12 on third down. When you lost to Florida State in the opening game, even though you may want to call that a wash, I'm kind of a little bit with you there. 
and giving that game a little bit of wash. You got a new head coach. You got two new coordinators. I get you. Harold Perkins wasn't really playing a lot on the defense. You went uh, Florida State went 11 of 17 on third downs. Tennessee, you gave up 40 points, 7 to 16. A&M, the team that you should have never lost to, legitimately, LSU should have never, ever lost to Texas A&M last year. Texas A&M converted 67% of their third downs at 10 of 15. The teams and the games that they won that nobody thought that they could do, like when you look at Alabama, yeah, you gave up 31 points to Alabama. You had to go, They had to go into overtime and do that. Alabama was 6 or 16 on third down. When you look at the biggest difference, probably the biggest difference. Now, does Georgia have some bigger pieces up front? Yes, but I do think LSU has better pieces on the back end, the secondary. The biggest difference between LSU and Georgia a season ago with that dominant defense that Georgia had, Georgia's defense was number two in the country on third down efficiency. 26.6%, 53, only 53 third down conversions of 199 attempts. So you have one team that has the same amount of takeaways, same about the same amount of time of possession at times. You have the same type of efficiency when it comes to sacks. The biggest difference that LSU had from last season to compare it to the top defenses in the country is that they could not get off the field on third down. Now, I'll bring this up. Uh, Pooh, Pooh, I think Pooh brings this, or maybe Zach. Says two minutes left in the first half. Cam Thomas, oh, 8 of 12 field goals, three, of four, thir- three for four, 30, uh, or three-point line, 22 points. He's a walking bucket. That's true. I think the biggest thing for me, when you look at LSU defense, when you look through the stats, Guys, they got to focus on getting off the field on third down. Now, why do I think that LSU is going to be much better at getting off the field on third down? You have more, and I don't mean this in a wrong way, but I think LSU is just going to have more of a presence on the field when it comes to getting after the passer. You have guys like Savion Jones that had four and a half sacks, and he was a rotational piece. I think that he's going to get very significant amount of playing time, if not be an outright starter. Obviously, you know what Harold Perkins can do. He had seven and a half sacks a season ago. I think that he's the guy that's going to get in the double digits. You got Deshaun Womack. You got a plethora amount of guys that can get you off the field on third down up front. Your secondary, I think that you upgraded with guys like Denver Harris, but you got to see what those guys can do. I think Deuce Chestnut's going to be a guy. I think that Zy Alexander watching him play at my alma mater is going to be a guy but you got to see. But the biggest difference, the biggest thing that LSU's got to fix defensively, which would literally take you from the 41st, which we just talked about, what would take LSU from the 41st ranked defense and to the top 10. Guys, imagine if they didn't give up even just a third of those things that we talked about on third, a third of those conversions on third downs. Guys, not only are you winning the West, not only – are you going to have a potential? I mean, you did have somewhat a little bit, a very small smidgen of a chance to get in the playoff a season ago before you lost to Texas A&M. If you convert on those third downs, guys, you you might be one of the best, if not the best team, not just in the West, but in the SEC. That's also 
with the offense not getting any better, right? Like I haven't mentioned yet of the offense doing better things with Jane Daniels, better in the running game. Can they get hit more passes down the field? Can they score more points? But the one thing that LSU was really good at last year offensively, ninth in the country and staying on the field on third down, ninth. The game is won and lost when you're able to skid off and stay on the field. Who keeps on to the football? Because if you hold on to the football long enough, you're going to score points. I think that Matt House can be the guy to do that. I think Matt House, in his second year with a new wave of really talented players, a guy that can, you know, look at what Jamar Cain did up front. You can rotate a lot of these new and fresh bodies in where you can give a Jalen uh, uh, Cook, Jalen Cook, um, what's the kid's name? Jalen um, from Live Oak. Why, am I, why is that his name slipping my mind? But you can give Makai Wingo 15 to 20 snaps of rest or where he comes in on a third down, and we all know what Makai Wingo did against teams like Alabama and Ole Miss. When he was lined up at the uh, a true five technique coming off the edge. Jalen Lee, thank you. Shane. You got Paris Shan. You got other dudes that you're going to be able to rotate in and out of there. I think the biggest concern for me is not really defensive back at this point. It's linebacker. Now, I don't think that you're going to have a better linebacker core than Georgia did a season ago. I think that those guys flew all over the field. They were explosive. They tackled in space. Maybe Omar Spates can do that. But you're not as far away. You're not as far off as what you maybe have been over the last couple of seasons. Really and truthfully, really and truthfully, if you get off the field on third down, guys, you're not – I mean, think of the magnitude – it would have been for Matt House if he would have come in here in one season and LSU being ranked in the hundreds in total defense, flipping that on its head and going into the top 20, top 15. Because if you get off the field, then you're going to do that. But you can't have games like Florida State. You can't have games like Florida. And you sure as hell can't have games like Texas A&M where A&M just third and two, third and one, they line up in the eye formation and they run the ball down your throat. And Jimbo Fisher with his ball head and his scallywhack is jumping up and down, screaming at the top of his lungs and saying, yeah, <laughs> just can't do it. Now you do have pieces that we haven't talked about. You know, I, I, I say this with the utmost respect the utmost respect. Like, I, and I don't mean this the wrong way. We talk about Mason Smith returning. Mason Smith's got a lot of things that he's got to prove next season. A lot of things that he's got to prove. He is one of, if not top two most talented human beings on that roster. Had so, He was nicked up as a freshman. Obviously, we know in the first drive of the series last year, he got hurt. Can he return? How big of an impact can Mason Smith be? But with Mason Smith returning, could you imagine a scenario and situation where, I'm just going to give you five defensive linemen, how you configure it is up to you, or a pressure type of package. 
think about this. And I'm not even going to put Deshaun Womack into this. Mason Smith, Harold Perkins, uh, uh, Makai Wingo. And let's say you have a, a Savion Jones in there. Let's say you have a, well, I can mention him now, a Deshaun Womack. Guys, you have one of the better pass rushes in college football, and they showed that they can do it. They literally showed that they could do it a season ago. You got to get after a passer. You got to get off the field on third down. If I'm anybody on that staff, anybody talking defensively, only thing I'm preaching, get off the field on third down. All right. Let's get to a couple comments. Uh, Penn Jones says Mason Smith will make a huge difference. Well, we hope so. I mean, look, this, you guys know, when I say this, this is of no disrespect. Mason Smith put out a tweet today that he was angry that he wasn't in the top 10 defensive tackles in the country going in this upcoming season. I do think that Mason Smith's got some things that he's got to prove to people. I think he's going to do it. I think he's going to do it. But again, when you look at these blind resumes and you say, okay, well, LSU and Georgia are very, very comparable. The only thing they don't compare to is third down. When you add a guy like a Mason Smith on that defensive line, you add another five-star in the back end like Denver Harris. Can Sage Ryan take a leap forward? Can, you know, what, what does having a guy, a fifth-year senior like Greg Brooks in the back end to line everybody up who's the second year that he's been in this defense, how much does that benefit you? I think it benefits you greatly. You know, a guy that we've had on the show, the guy that I've known my entire life, he was a lot like that. Young, on the team that he was at LSU and Brandon Taylor, they had young, athletic, dynamic defensive ends, Burkevious Migo, Sam Montgomery, They had dudes, but that secondary was obviously the best that LSU had ever seen in one collective year. But he was the catalyst. He was the leader in all of that. Can Greg Brooks be that guy that Brandon Taylor was in 2011? Two years in the system, line everybody up. Because if you're able to do some of those things, guys, I'm telling you, this defense is going to be an issue. You have guys that have to make names for themselves. You have guys that have the potential, have the talent. Can they do it? That's the ultimate question. That's the ultimate question. I think this team has the potential to be a playoff team. People think I'm crazy and I'm a buffoon. You know, Zach texts me during the day. He's like, oh, Mr. Blank, do you really think we can do it? You know, Zach, people that don't know you are really going to think that you talk like that, which is so sad because it's just a joke. It's just a joke. We'll see. We will see. Rick says on YouTube, hashtag Ask Blake, who will the freshman star in 23 be? Oh, Deshaun Womack. It's not close. Not close. I I mean, look, you know, I know Jeff Fudge says, what about Quincy? Don't forget about Quincy Wiggins. Yeah. Uh, Trey Patton says, poor Zach. (laughs) Hey, man. Hey, man. 
I only run Tulsa Dive on YouTube says, you don't have to lie to us, Blake. That's exactly what Zach sounds like. Oh, Zach. Damn, son. You have no clue. I don't treat you bad. Stop that. I treat you like king royalty. Don't put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. Oh, Matt Trent says he's going to be joining us at 740. How about that? Okay. <laughs> this dude. This dude. Uh, Brandon Reese says one website. Hey, Zach, I want to do this for... Um, I want to do this for um, Matt Trent. Can we get that blind resume thing back up? I want to see what he says. When, when, when he comes in here, I want to see the blind. I want to, I want to know how he reacts to this blind resume. Uh, Holden Lee says, hashtag ask Blake, did you see the rankings coming out of the DT and Mingo was there and left Mason Smith out? Holden, I did see that, and I know that he was upset um, by that. But, I mean, look, man, he's got some things he's got to prove, buddy. He's got some things he's got to prove, buddy. Doug knows says that the car that hit Wiggins is still in the shop. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Man, can y'all... Uh, how... Let, so, hold on. Hold on. Now that we're a year past this, bro, Quincy Wiggins got hit by a car and it did not look good and the dude stood up and walked off. I, I'm pretty sure you got to give him some reps. I'm pretty sure you got to give him some reps. Uh, Father Abear, look at Father Abear's profile picture, y'all. He's playing grown men softball. Breaking. I heard Father Abear hit 17 home runs in the softball tournament. And every time he hit a home run, he said, Praise Jesus. Mid swing. Mid-swing, he was saying, oh, praise Jesus. Ball was going, balls were going over fences. I also heard that he fed like 5,000 people with a, lo with a bro loaf of bread and three fish. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, he is a lefty. Uh, but he says it's kind of crazy that recently all the national champions had four and fifth year QBs. I, I do think that that's extremely interesting when you look at it, that when you have older quarterbacks, the likelihood of you winning a national title, it, it goes up significantly, goes up significantly. But look, let's just be real. And everybody wants to talk about Mason Smith. Guy's got things he's got to prove, y'all. He's got some things he's got to prove. All right. Matt Trent says he's in the building. I, he's kind of doing the hokey pokey. Let's see if we can get him in here. But let's talk about our good friends over at Gramco really quickly. Back in 45 seconds. Let's go get Matt Trent. He was with Kim Mulkey. Let's see what she had to say. Let's do the blind resume with Matt next, too. See if he can pick out which defense is who.
Guys, I've got to talk to you about our good friends over at Gramco. They are the Delta company based out of the state of Florida. They're founded by college football junkies just like you and I, and I am not sure if you're familiar with Delta 8, but you need to be. Gramco is the absolute leader in this field, and they have phenomenal products that I just need to tell you about. First off is the Wake and Bake coffee that is absolutely spectacular. The gummies are as well as they're the best in the market. So go to thegramco.com right now and use the promo code AYS25. That's thegramco.com, AYS25 promo code to get 25% off of your order. Jump on this fast as it is perfect for holidays, anniversaries, and everyday use. Gramco is hemp-derived and completely legal inside of the state of Louisiana. No medical card is needed, and shipping is very discreet. You must be 21 years older to order. Again, that's thegramco.com. Use that promo code, AYS25. We're back! Where are you currently? Uh, you know, I'm outside of the TJ Ribs on Acadian, sitting in the <laughs> I got to admit, if my space were still a thing, I would put you at number one for the dedication that you have to AYS. People are cheering, Matt. They're they're literally cheering out, uh, screaming off the rafters. Yeah, I was going to go inside, but I didn't want to, you know, take the shine away from Kim Mulkey. So, you know, we both draw a crowd, but didn't want to take away from her thunder tonight. Two tangy people walking to TJ Ribs. <laughs> <laughs> wonder, wonder how that joke goes. I don't know, but it's not appropriate for this show. I'll tell you that. Matt, we were discussing, I don't know if you can see this really quick. We were talking about Matt House in year two. I don't know if you can see this really well, but this is yeah. a blind resume. Do you know which team is which when you look at this? So on the left, it's eight interceptions, 11 fumble recoveries, 19 total takeaways, 27 sacks. On the right, 12 interceptions, seven fumble recoveries, 19 total takeaways, and 32 sacks. Of these two teams, who do you think is who, if you had to just take a blind guess? Um, well, obviously, I know where this is going. One of them is obviously LSU. I'm going to say I'm gonna say the one on the left, like as I'm looking at it, the eight interceptions one is LSU, and the one on the right is Georgia. <laughs> Look, Look at, at Matt Trent. Look yeah. at Matt Trent. The man coming in hot. Picking it out. How about that, Matt? Good job. That's why why they pay me the very marginal buck. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let me ask you this. When you see it like that and now that we put it in, how crazy is that? Yeah, that's actually pretty interesting because the sacks is the one thing that kind of blew my mind because immediately when you popped that up, I saw 32 and I was like, oh, that's Georgia because they had, you know, like the best defense you know, ever. But then I looked at 27, just being five sacks behind, you know, the national champion and four interceptions and more. Like, I think that's, that's pretty good, man. That's pretty good. That's really good. And you know, Matt, what I was thinking and what we were talking about on the show, Harold Perkins didn't really play for the first four or five weeks. Yeah. And that's what I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you which of those numbers like has the Harold Perkins effect. Um, I, I would love to see if there's an analytic out there 
to show that, like, like the Harold Perkins effect. Like, how many sacks was he responsible for that he didn't get a sack? Like, how many interceptions or how many coverages, you know, or or, def- or just busted plays was he responsible for just with him being on the field? Because I guarantee you, like, it's a lot. I, I would say it, it might be 20, 30 percent of all the plays that he was in um, that he affected without it even having getting to a ball carrier. Agreed. The only difference, the only difference in the two defenses, like from a scaling point, Georgia was third in the country or second in the country on third down efficiency, twenty six percent. LSU was seventy third in, in the country on third down. You can't have games like Texas A and M when you're ten of they're ten of fifteen. Florida State, they're eleven of seventeen. You got to get off the field on third down. If they can fix that, hey, Matt House might be a candidate for a head coaching job next year if he can make that defense that much better. And I know that I have said this on this show so many times, and I get kind of mixed reviews when I say this. Outside of the AM game, the second half of this season really gave me Dave Aranda 2019 LSU vibes. Like, honest to God, that second half of the season, that's why Patrick Queen was a first-rounder Agreed. in the NFL. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And then like second half of this year, I was like, man, they're really hitting their stride. It really seems to be a cohesive unit, like not a whole lot of busted coverages. If, if there were, it was just big time receivers making plays, you know, big time quarterbacks making plays. Dude, if LSU plays an entire season, like they did the second half of this season, you're going to see those type of numbers that we saw in that graphic from Georgia maybe even a tick better. Well, and you know what's interesting, Matt? We haven't even talked about the offense getting better, who was ninth in the country on third down efficiency offensively. That's what the scary part is. And you know what? Now that you kind of see what Brian Kelly's philosophy was, maybe he just is, Matt, the smartest son of a gun in the room. He, I, I just like I'm, – I'm big on – you know, and I was kind of having this conversation with, you know, uh, in, in baseball terms with a scout recently at LSU Baseball. Like, anytime you can come back for another year of anything, it's, it's just better for everybody. It's right. better for you. It's better for the team. You know, your draft stock. Anytime you can put more film on and get more experience, I think Jaden Daniels with more experience because, you know, as everybody else does, they are going to hammer – holding the ball too long, being more decisive, they are going to hammer that in the offseason. And now he's got a full offseason, a full, another full spring, you know, ex-summer workouts and everything. Like, he is going to be indoctrinated into LSU full-time now. It's none of this like, oh, I'm going to show up, you know, a month or two before, you know, the season and, you know, whatever. I'm really looking for him to make a lot of the naysayers and the doubters look really, really dumb. I agree with you, and we have a whole offseason to talk about that, but I think you put it in a very eloquent way that we're just going to have to think about. And look, I know that we're a very far way away, but Matt, spring spring camp is literally about a month away, so it'll be here before we know it. So you're outside of TJ Ribs. You're doing your one of your good buddies a solid. What's Kim Mulkey think about the game this upcoming Saturday about with Dawn Staley in South Carolina? You know, it's there. funny, after the, after the A&M game, somebody asked her, you know, what can you give us some just early thoughts? And she didn't say a word. She was like, ah, you know, this game was really emotionally draining. You know, um, 
I kind of want to watch film and give you some good stuff and some accurate stuff. I think this is going to be one of those media chess matches, you know, because LSU's got the full week. You know, they, they've got a full week right. game this week. South Carolina's got Auburn on Thursday. Um, so it's kind of like South Carolina's like, yeah, they know the magnitude of the game on Sunday, but they don't have a full week to go all in on LSU. LSU's got six, seven days worth. I mean, they had today and yesterday off, but they've got a full, you know, I mean, it's all South Carolina all the time. I think, honestly, that's a bigger deal than what people are making it out to be because it is. It's going to be a chess match because these teams are so equal. Good guard play, really good down low, play defense, can suffocate you on defense, and halfway decent in transition. They're mirror images of each other. I think I think it's going to be, it's going to be one of the better games of the year. And and don't forget now, Kim Mo- Don Staley had some words for Kim Mulkey at the end of last but, year. You know, now look, look, Don Don has been doing those lips have been running a little bit on she the She's been trail. chirping, man. She's been chirping. She, she's she's been she's been using the Brittany Griner stuff. You know, talking to recruits. And well, and then and then, man, if you remember, remember the uh, the you know Jackson State thing when Kim was like, "We all better pay her. Somebody's coming to get her," and she's you know, you know, it's one of those things. I I view Kim Mulkey when people coaches like that talk junk about her. If you ever watched um, the Last Dance documentary with Michael Jordan, and after the Bulls. <laughs> You know what I'm going to say. When the Bulls beat the, uh, the the Celtics and Larry Bird saw uh, Michael Jordan you, in, you know, the tunnel, and he was like, you know, You hey, motherfucker. Yeah, he was like, hey, good game, you bitch. And Michael Jordan was like, fuck you. That's, that's how I view Kim Mulkey after they won of these games because, like, Kim knows, and Kim has even said, I'm not in this business to make friends. I'm in this to win championships. Right. And I think that gets like a little misconstrued as like Kim's hard to deal with. Kim's not a friendly person. I, I was just in here watching her work a packed TJ Ribs tonight. She, Matt, on a on a Tuesday. On like a we're Tuesday, tell tell me one program in the continental United States on a Tuesday at seven o'clock that is packed to the brim for a women's college basketball program. I will wait. I mean, as two chains would say, on a Tuesday, you know, like because, that's crazy, man. Because, because look, like, and two, this is like the brilliance of Kim, and and there's a little bit of Ed Orgeron in her too in this regard. She came in, went to every single table. Hell yeah, she did. Hell every yeah, she did. Single, every single table, she's signing autographs, literally kissing babies. Like she can work a room like no other and when ed was here he did the same thing at his radio show i mean when you get that type of persona and i can only imagine what it's like to be recruited by kim mulkey like I, I could you imagine her and ed being on the same like recruiting staff oh my god it, it'd be incredible but she was um she's just so all-time you know with that regard like she does it with the best of them but she always knows how to use the media, and she also knows how to play the media when it comes to people talking junk, stuff getting out there and stuff like that. She's she's an all-timer. I'll never forget the Lane Kiffin story when he first started recruiting at USC, and he said that, Ed, that Pete Carroll 
made Ed Orgeron go with him on this recruiting trip. And Ed goes to a house and maybe doesn't know how to season their food. And he's like, baby, you got to put some salt and pepper, some paprika in here. And then he goes, you know, a little down. He goes down to Compton. And he goes, baby, this food is what I've been waiting for. Could you just and, – and, and Lane's like, oh, my God, what's going on? He said both kids committed. He goes, he made me look like the best recruiter in the country. I just imagine, like, those personas just being – like, how can you tell either one of them no? Well, because there's so – in recruiting nowadays, there's so much fluff. You know, there's right. so many Especially now with the transfer portal, there's so many gimmicks to get kids to come to a school initially and to come to a school out of the transfer portal. And I really think that, like, you know, the old – because Kim and Ed recruit old school. And then I'm going to be myself, but I'm going to tell you how it is. I'm going to tell you what you're going to be here and how you fit with us. And if you don't like it, that's great. I got a I got a line full of other ones right behind you that are just as good, if not better. And Kim, like, Kim shoots you straight, man. She, she and Ed did that too. I, I just think honesty and and just being genuine always wins. Always. You know what's crazy? And Shelton McBride brings this up. Kim Mulkey was like a 4.0 student. Like, I mean, she was like the pinnacle of what it is to be a student athlete. Very quick story. You need to get this on record somehow, some way. Kim Mulkey was playing 11 and 12 all-star baseball. You know, I, you know that I grew up here, and so my uncles played against her. My Uncle Tim played against her. So the third baseman for Franklinton All-Stars was, like, looking for his cup. Okay, he's like, guys, I can't find my cup. I play third, you know, like, I, I need my cup. The kid, it, it had fell out the kid's bag. And my Uncle Tim said that, Kim Mulkey picks it up, is twirling the cup around her finger, and she goes, boys, are you missing a little itsy-bitsy about <laughs> something? My Uncle Tim says he swears to God she went four for four with three doubles and a single, and literally they got beat by a girl. Their buddy, Ronnie, literally was made fun of in the seventh and eighth grade because Kim Mulkey raked on him. So even funnier story that kind of confirms that one. Uh, my girlfriend's uh, family was born in Hammond, but they now live in Hattiesburg. Uh, her dad grew up in that same area and said they kicked Kim out of more Little League Baseball Leagues, boys, because she was so good. Right. She would show up and just got like hammer balls. And the kids were like, this is so unfair. Like, this is ridiculous. And she's a girl just like hitting homers playing infield, like playing everywhere. And they were like, we got to find a way to get her out of here because she's so good as a girl against these dudes. This is just not fair. Now, so, yeah, I mean, that, now imagine that girl playing basketball. Good luck. Right. Good Matt, luck. Matt, let me ask you this question. You've played collegiate baseball, so I think that – so I, I listened to Jay over the last couple of days – or his last couple of press conferences, I should say – Buddy, he said that Tommy Tanks and Jordan Thompson were putting on clinics at third and short. A am I am I supposed to believe this? Like, am I am I am I getting is Jay pumping me up too much because my 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 heart can't take it? I I don't think so because Jay said something similar. He said Tommy White has been making like elite level plays at third, and that Jordan Thompson is much improved. And I I personally asked Jordan. I said, do you feel as though you've gotten better at short? He said, it's all I worked on in the offseason. He goes, I know I wasn't great, 
He goes, I know as a team when you feel, I think they fielded 962. Worse than worse than the SEC by a landslide. Like, you're just not going to win a lot of games like that. And he said, it's all I've worked on this offseason. I don't, I mean, Jay is not a big smoke pumper. And he's the type of guy, again, one of those genuine guys that's going to uh, shoot you straight. I think, I think he's going to be much improved. And I think, I've, let me tell you, let me put it this way. I've heard nobody say anything bad about Tommy White at third. You know, because he had that, he had, if you remember, if you remember the first scrimmage, I think, when was it? I think it was during ba- baseball season, maybe October, the, or, or no, yeah. it was November, the fall, fall baseball. He had those two errors early. But other than that, he's been, he's been great. Now, we have a question here. It says, hashtag ask Matt. Do you think that Tommy that Tommy White will be better at third than what we had last year at Jacob Berry at third? Do you think he will be better? Yes. <laughs> well, like, well, yes. signif- well, and I think that that's a fair question because Tommy White did lead the ACC in errors last year. So, you know, I, I mean, I think I think for people that haven't been out there, I think that it is a really good question because, like, look, man, you got to start asking the questions, too. It's like, Matt, like, how much better did he get? And I think that that's a very fair question. So I look at it as Tommy White played what last year? At First. Okay. You know that whenever you see an error at first, it's a little bit more arbitrary than it is. Agreed. Agreed. So, like, if it's a low throw at third, at first to first, and he can't, it's low. It's like a bad throw, but it's still a quote unquote catchable ball, and he doesn't catch it. Is that an error? Maybe. If it's a throwing error, if it, you know, if I just want to see flat out fielding, he booted it errors. Because I have a hard time believing that a dude that, according to Jay Johnson, is making elite plays at third is that much worse at first where he's getting less balls, less type of balls, ground balls, than at third. Matt, we have literally – we have probably 25 questions firing in here for you. Uh, I'm just going to try to rattle off some uh, as quickly as I can. Do you think Gavin Dugas starts at second? How do you think that that position shakes out if you had to, if you had to guess? That's a weird one, too, because I, I think that's going to be the one that we don't talk about but it's going to be interesting to watch because Gavin Dugas has been over there. Uh, the Gidry kid has been playing there throughout fall and early spring. Jack Merrifield has been over there, which is interesting because he was another guy that Jay keeps bringing up about how Over much and over and over again. It, he's been bringing it up. So, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I think it's all going to depend on if Gavin gets healthy, like – fully healthy and he's able to play in my personal opinion I, of those three i'm fine with all three i really am well even the, you even can't th- i know you I, I know it's a rival with you but ben neopold too now i, I mean uh, yeah yeah I, I mean i mean that's that's a kid too that I, I like what jay said about him is like he just is a smart baseball player and he takes really smart at bats he's gonna get deep right. in the counts He's not going to get a base hit every time, but he's going to get on base. He's going to walk. He's going to figure out a way to get on base. And literally, when it comes down to, like, a successful team, you know, doing little things like that wins you baseball games. Jay said when he went to the College World Series with Arizona, they led the country in sack bunts. 
Oh, and by the never mind. I'm not gonna get down the petty train. I'm not getting down the petty train because you know there's people in this media market that you know. Uh, <laughs> you okay over here? W- 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 you, 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 you all right? I'm out. I'm out front of a main restaurant off a main thoroughfare in Baton Rouge, and people are walking by. Hey, just tell them you know. Uh, I mean, I'm a big deal. Just yeah. re- just tell them I'm I'm a pretty big deal. You know, last one, I'll get you out of here. Then last one. No, I'm good. This is great. You know how I am. I love making people feel awkward. I'm, just, I'm <laughs> front lawn of TJ Ridd, just hanging out. Um, Jordan Thompson, do you think he can get over 10 home runs? He was at eight last year. Yeah. I, I don't think he'll get, like, over it. I think he'll get right there at it, maybe 10. And if he does get over it, I don't see any more than 12. I can, I can see that. You know what we you know what's interesting about it, Matt, is at some point you gotta have to you're gonna have to start throwing at somebody. Like if you're if you're nickel and diamond, Cruz and White and Morgan and I mean, buddy, brain Joe Bear that's lost. What I, that's what I was just gonna say, like, think about this. When you have to walk guys like Cruz and you know, if Paul Steen plays wherever he plays, you know, whatever, and Trey Morgan to get to Braden Joe Bear. Again, good luck. Well, and what's crazy is is Jay Johnson said he lost like 20 pounds and has made like three diving catches in right field and hosing dudes out. What's so wild is, Matt, your sixth or seventh-hold hitter and Braden Jobert hit 18 bombs last year. You you luck, pit, Look, you, you as a college athlete pitch against – Better competition than anybody in this chat right now. What I've asked you this question a thousand times. The more and more you see this team play, what do you do? Do you just pray? Like, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost? So, I pitched. Um, I threw against my freshman year. One of my uh, first starts in college was against UVA when they were, like, 10th in the country. And I think they had – Two first round. Oh, is that the is that the year that they damn near won the whole thing, or did they win the whole thing? No, that was uh, they. Let's see. They won it in like eleven, didn't they? Uh yeah, it, it was like ten or eleven, because uh, yeah, it was somewhere around anyway. And I was like, oh, screw it, like I don't have the stuff to get these kind of guys out. I'm just you literally because <laughs> you you're not gonna walk them. Because if you walk, you know, three of them, then they, you know, you got a first rounder that's just going to clear the base. You literally just have to pray that it's you got in the stuff. Zone, but it, yeah, you just have to pray that they just like, uh, you know, it's so slow. I'm just going to like cap it, you know, back to third or like whatever or something. You do. That's this type of lineup because it's like, because again, like I've said, it's not going to be top heavy anymore. You're not going to get past the five hole and six hole, and then you can cruise seven, eight, nine. You're going to have to battle one, you're going to have to battle six, and you're going to have to battle at nine, too. Man. Unreal. All right, last one. Who catches? Oh, man. I think ah, that's another good one. I think you start the year with Malazzo. Agreed. Just by default. But Brady Neal, if Brady Neal hits another home run, they're going to have to go order more baseballs. Every everyone keeps asking, you know, what's who's your like freshman to watch? Who's like a, you know, an unsung hero? It's Brady Neal for me. And I know, I know the Jones kid has been like blistering. Oh all God, over. that's another one, Matt. 
but I, I've seen like I've seen that kid hit a couple times. I've seen him hit balls really hard. That kid's got it. He's- Matt, did you see so the craziest thing, Jay John so LSU had six batters strike out in a row. Six. Yeah. Jay called. He, he called. He called a. He called like a players meeting, and then the Jones kid hit. Home. The Jones kid hit a home run. They said so. One of our really close mutual friends said that Jones was rounding third and said, "Coach, please stop yelling at me." <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll tell you also a funny story. Um, about I, I was at a. I was at a scrimmage. I think. Oh, this was the day of media day when they scrimmage late. So last, so last Friday, the first scrimmage. Yeah. 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 And there were, like, a ton of scouts there, and I was talking to one, and we're just, like, you know, shooting shit. And I said, what's, like, in your opinion, give me, like, a realistic talent evaluation of LSU. Like, not blowing smoke. Tell me what they've got. He goes, right now, from freshman to senior to fifth-year senior, whatever, talent-wise, not saying this is where they're going to go, Talent-wise, they have 12 first-rounders on that team right now. Oh, my God. 12. You know now, what? that's not saying that they're going to have, you know, like three first-rounders this year and four next year, whatever. But he goes, strictly based off of talent and projection, what's on that team, they have 12 first-rounders. Did you know, did you know that LSU had the most on one team ever in 2009 with seven? Matt, you're du- you're almost doubling it, and we haven't even t- we haven't even talked about Paxton Kling yet, the kid go- who could have gone in the first late in the first round. Matt, this is a load- they're the most loaded team in the country. I I, I don't I-, I I it's really hard for outside of Tennessee because, dude, I don't know how much you keep up with Tennessee baseball, dude. Like they are mashing, dude. Uh, Land. Hey, did you Do see? Lander's gonna. Did no you see Doe Lander? Did you see Doe Lander struck out seven guys in like twenty six pitches, twenty seven pitches? I was, I was, <laughs> I, I was talking to. Uh, so they scrimmaged Memphis in the fall, and I know Memphis's coach really well because he used to be Southern's coach. And I texted him and I said, "How did Doe Lander look?" And he just put scary. <laughs> hey, he, he was like scary. I'm going to give you something, a hot take, and, and, and you're going to say, Blake, calm down. The biggest baseball game that will I'm – going to, I'm going to make this claim. You're not going to – the game that will put college baseball more on the map, Friday night LSU versus Tennessee with Dolander on the mound. Dolander on the mound, Paul Skeens on the mound, and Dolander versus Dylan Cruz will be must-see TV. It's must-see. It, 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 it literally is – Otani versus uh, Aaron Judge. Yep. Right. Like it's it, it's that level. All right. Because that's because that's the thing too is like, yeah, there are a lot of first round matchups like that. Like that happens every year, but rarely do you have like a conversation where it's number one overall pick versus number one overall pick, because that's really like really in my mind, there are three or four do and and this scout that I was talking to said. Everybody's talking about Dylan Cruz. Paul Skeens is going to be in that number one overall conversation too. Well, like our mutual friend, our mutual friend said, if he has a two six nine ERA and hits ten home runs again in the SEC, there's going to be a legitimate conversation about Paul Skeens jumping Dylan Cruz. Yep, yep. 
Because because honestly, right now preseason, looking at everything, it's Dylan Cruz, Dolander, um, Jacob. What's his name? The, the there's two Jacobs. There's like the shortstop from Ole Miss and the shortstop. Uh, from Grand Gonzalez, Canyon. the Gonzalez yeah, kid. Gonzalez, and I think Jacob Wilson is the one at Grand Canyon, and then it's Max Clark who's the high school kid from Indiana, a Vandy commit. Well, and then you have Connor Griffin. Yeah, well, I, yeah. So, well, I mean, wait, like, I don't, oh, know, if, I don't know if Griffin's in this class. I think he's not. The next class, yeah. Who, again, is signed with LSU. Guy. I said, don't lie to me about Connor Griffin, because I know, like, everybody loves to pump smoke when they get a kill like this. He goes, I, in my, career, in my scouting career – of 37 spans, years <laughs> you know spans multiple decades in person out of high school i've seen manny machado i have seen uh mike trout i have seen uh bryce harper and i have seen um i think there's like one more like these are mlb all-stars he said connor griffin's in that conversation he goes if he stepped on the field right now as a not only is he a junior he's a reclassified junior so he should be he's 16 ish 17 yeah about to be 17 right this scout goes if he steps on the field right now he'd start anywhere in the field and i said okay like relax like no shot he starts at lsu with this town he goes he starts in the outfield anywhere right now and he starts middle infield definitely uh maybe at third and he goes if he wanted to play football he would be in the conversation for quarterback when he got here. Well, you know the kid from Mississippi that won the 100 meters is, is probably going to go like, you know, they do the high school qualifications. You know, he yeah. ran like a 10-3 something, like 10-4, 10-3, 10-4, which is like DK Metcalf, like world-class speed. What's up, man? Good. You like speed on there? Yeah, it was good. Just dapping up, people. Women's basketball, SID, Grant Kuvar. Yeah, Grant! Yeah, Grant! <laughs> Let him have it, Grant! It's a, a good-looking guy, man. I can't hate His hair is – hey, tell Grant that AYS says his hair is on fleek. I know. I asked him if I could borrow it for the weekend. He said no. <laughs> Matt, you got to keep the same look, man. You can't go walking around with hair. I, honestly, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm really thinking about going one – no guard and just – I think I would look good with like, you know, the egg, the egg look. Just not shaved, but taking a no guard and just because I have a perfectly shaped head, so I don't have to worry about like this is what I would look like bald. Which now that I do that is not great. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I really do like I in my mind, in my mind, in my mind, I look like Jason Statham. I think I do. Uh, it's so funny because somebody in the background, you can hear a lady saying, yeah, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> like, up uh, up, in, up until I did this, I was really confident how I would look with really close hair, and now I'm just regretting it. Don't do it. Don't do it yet. All right. Matt Trent, WBRC Sports. We need to do this a weekly segment. I think you should give me a full hour, but that's just me. Let's let me. I let, mean, it's let, not, again, it's not like you're going to get reported to your boss 
it's not like you have anyone to answer to. All right, so you said this earlier. I do have people I have to answer to. Well, number one, she it. I I really don't. I, I mean, I really you don't. don't. You don't. Like, you're your own. When you're your own boss, you're the judge, jury, and executioner. You're not going to fire yourself. You're not going to. I've thought about yourself. it many times, though. I mean, when I'm on Twitter and people are roasting me for something I didn't even say, and a guy from three to six said it, and I'm getting ripped alive for something I didn't even say, like last night. I mean, Jesus Christ. Twitter's not a real place. It's not. I, I literally say this on the show, and I completely stole it from you. So every AYS listener, <laughs> don't do it. Don't okay, do it. Okay, see, this angle doesn't look bad. You know who you look like? Can I tell you who you look like? A young Matt Riser. I'm a, Matt Riser's a good-looking dude, too. Yeah, you look like a young Matt Riser. He, uh, you you, I, look, I, like, you look like regional coach Matt Riser. All right, dude. I kind of look like I kind of look like Matt House a little bit. No, 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 no. You know who you look like? You look like. Uh... Oh, there he goes. He's out. He's out. Ryan says hashtag free Matt Trent for an hour. Rob Boudreau says I would like an hour. Okay. Okay. We might do it. I, I, Ryan, you took, you took my person. I was going to say Trent Dilfer. Let's see if Matt comes back in here. Let's give him a, 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 a quick second. Rob says Matt has a good, a good bald head. <laughs> oh God. We're so late, Zach. I've kept you way past your bedtime. Way past producer Zach's bedtime. All right. We'll call it. Kyle says, I just want more AYS. Thank you, Kyle. Thank you, Kyle. Matt Hasselbeck's a good one. Matt Hasselbeck's a good one. I like that, Ryan. Uh, Dalton Matthew says a good a good bald head. <laughs> like crying face emoji, dead face emoji. All right, see you tomorrow. Peace out, Girl Scouts.